Echo 5, do you copy? Echo 5. Echo 2, good morning. Nice of you to drop by. Feeling alright, sir? Thought we lost you. Right now, I feel like I can take off this whole podcast myself. Ah, I know what you mean. Ready to send that transmission to Echo Base? Yes, sir. R10, pass through. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Haas Transmissions. So tonight we are going to continue our discussion of the prequels. And so tonight we're going to be doing the Attack of the Clones. Which is pretty cool because Echo 3 really loves the prequels. So he's really excited to get into this discussion. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. All right, so you're just telling me an interesting fact about one of the Jedi from the Geonos Battle of Geonosis, Coleman Treber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let, let, let's just jump into it. So I, I was watching this YouTube video, and this is all sourced from books and stuff. I guess the guy had read all the, all the books about Attack of the Clones. But, you know, you, you watch this movie, and Coleman Treber, if you guys don't know who that is, I actually didn't know his name specifically until Mark reminded me. But he looks like a dinosaur. He's got those two eyes on the side of his head. He gets shot down by Jango Fett. He, like, th- what does Jango send? Like three bolts his way and the guy dies? Something like that? Three laser blasts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Three, three shots his way and the dude's dead. And it's kind of like, this guy's a Jedi. You know, what's he doing? Why is he dying so quick? And so it turns out Coleman Trevor is the PR agent of the Jedi. He's uh, the media manager. <laughs> How funny is that? That's actually pretty funny. So he like runs the Instagram and the Facebook page. Maybe probably yeah. even TikToks. Yeah, dude. He's like he's like he talks to the media, so it's like, um, I guess he doesn't have that much uh, combat training or something like that. But which is actually funny because like I think about like the Jedi in general, like how much experience do they really have mm. in battle? I mean, Kenobi and Qui-Gon. I, I think I mentioned this last time. It's like they. This is the first time that they've probably actually had to use their skills in that type of uh, level. Did you say Qui-Gon? Obi-Wan and Anakin? No, I'm talking about from Phantom Menace. When they oh, fight okay. Maul. okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they've never fought a Sith before, right? Yeah, exactly. And then we know Anakin trains a lot in, like, the against the training droids a lot. Because I think in the comics, there's all the other Jedi kind of made fun of him for it, mm. but he was like, impressing some of the Jedi Masters and stuff. Right. Um, I, I, like a quick counter to that. Well, first of all, let's respect Jango a little bit. Jango's supposed to be the uh, probably the best bounty hunter in the galaxy at that point in time. So that dude probably knows how to kill shot. So uh, he knows where to shoot. But at the same time, I was going to say... I know the Jedi like... blind spots where the Force won't tell him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now, here's what I was going to say. Like, Coleman Trevor, like, forget about combat training. Um, since he's a Jedi, like I feel like the Force should still be able to, you know, you got like those Spidey senses, like Spider-Man senses. Like it doesn't matter how much combat training you have if a blaster is coming towards you, you should be able to block it if you're a Jedi. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he's just not that strong in the Force, and that's why he's a PR agent. They're like, uh, he's Force sensitive. If you really right. want to be a Jedi, right? Right. Uh, 
we don't we don't we don't want to make him feel bad. So hey, and, we got a spot for you, PR agent. Right, dude. That, honestly, like his uh, midichlorian count must have been pretty low. Yeah, probably about uh, Han Solo level. But it was like, uh, he thinks he has a force, but we don't want to hurt so, his feelings. So then, why the hell did Mace bring him to Geonosis? You know, this this is what happened. Mace Mace was like, we got to get there fast. We don't have time to pick and choose any Jedi in this in my my current area. We're going to Geonosis. Hop on the hop on the transport. We're going right now. I think so, he was trying to record it too. It's like, hey. Uh, news update. <laughs> this is Jedi's first uh, adventure into space. We're going cool. to an arena, so let us capture it on the news, on the holonets. Dude, he, he was uh, streaming Trevor just that, dies man. and it's like, oh, well, there goes that footage. Yeah. Dude, Coleman must have been shaking his boots, man. Go to Geonosis. like, bro, I'm not ready for this. No, seriously. Or I think that's what, I mean, if he didn't die, he probably would have been the announcer for the Clone Wars. Yeah, oh, right, yeah. Dude, I'm happy. I feel like growing up, everybody has a favorite background Jedi. And I'm happy my uh, favorite background Jedi kicked ass at the Battle of Geonosis. Uh, which one would that be? Kit Fisto? How'd you know? Kit Fisto. Always been my boy. Always been my boy. I don't know. The, the, the Force was just kind of telling me on that one. Yeah, dude. And it kind of ran. Watching the, um, the original Clone Wars. The guy who like the samurai Jack oh, style yeah, one, yeah. that yeah, reinforced a lot. His underwater battle. Yeah, dude. When me and my brother watched that as a kid, and he was kicking ass underwater. It was so cool. But um, even Mace Windu was pretty epic on that. They kind of did it. Every, did him a little justice in uh, Clone Wars. The animated. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. No, everybody was epic in that. Um, Grievous was scary in that in that uh show. Yeah. No. Then uh, he kind of gets wimped down. Well, no. Well, they give an explanation for it in that the 2002 Clone Wars. Well, yeah, no, I'm talking about like the the new Clone Wars. He has oh, a cough gotcha. and everything, and so originally the Samurai Jack kind of like explained the cough that he had. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. No, 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 that's not true anymore. We're just gonna do this. This is the this is the new story for it. Dude, also, I don't really like his design in Clone Wars. I don't have a problem with anybody else's design, but I don't really like Grievous in Clone Wars. Eh. Yeah. He makes a great I, I watched, figure, though. Or a black series. Yeah. I. Oh. Oh yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen it actually. But. Uh, I'll send. I'll send you a link to it. It actually looks pretty cool. He actually looks yeah, as terrifying but, as he did. Did in uh the Samurai Jack version. I watched season seven of Clone Wars and they did something with his eyes or something. But and he's not in it. But it's like a well, he's in a, a quick shot of it. Like he doesn't do any action. But they do. They they mention General Grievous in season seven of Clone Wars. And it's like yeah. a quick, like five five second shot of him, and something they do like about his eyes or something. But he looks he looks badass in that. He looks more like Revenge of the Sith Grievous. But another yeah, because they, um, they updated his uh, appearance in that one. Yeah, they had dude. He looks so much better. He looks so much better. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, very very interesting stuff on that. I the character yeah. designs and Clone Wars. I mean, it's it's an acquired taste. And it's the same with Rebels. Mm. Yeah. But you gotta you gotta appreciate the studios and their individual uh, visions. And it's kind of cool to, to to bring this back to Attack of the Clones. This is the first battle of the Clone Wars at the end of at the end of Attack of the Clones. That is true. And it all starts with Palpatine manipulating a kid. 
because that's all honestly what the whole thing is about is he's just trying to manipulate like not really i mean i mean he is but he's trying to groom anakin into right that's a good word yeah and the clone wars was just kind of that way to kind of like really distract him and kind of have him start questioning things like okay we got the separates here but now we got the republic views the jedi are jumping in but the jedi aren't like perfect so tons and tons of things we get to see, like, even with the very first mission that we see him as Hayden Christensen, he's mm. coming up, and we got that Padme, and he's even uh, having some struggles with Padme on that on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting that that's one thing I did like about it. Like, you jump right into the the movie. I always love the opening scenes, especially like them. It's Padme ship. They're kind of going right over Coruscant, headed right into the Senate building. Uh-huh. And honestly, I wasn't expecting them to walk down and go, okay, all right, well, maybe uh, me kind of playing decoy wasn't uh, wasn't a, it was a bad idea, or not a bad idea, but it's like maybe it was overly cautious. And, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, we did a good job. And then her ship blows up. I was not expecting yeah. that. Yeah, it's a shock. For the first scene, for sure. And am I the uh, only one that thought it was funny when her decoy is just laying there and Padme comes up to her and it's like, oh, no, 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 like trying to console her and then her decoy is like, I'm sorry I failed you. I'm like, no, 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 no. you did not fail. You did exactly what you're supposed to. You actually <laughs> succeeded. I don't know if you I actually did what you're funny. supposed to do. I don't say funny. <laughs> Maybe it's kind of weird, kind of weird that she said that. No, no, it's pretty ironic. Yeah. Pretty funny. So yeah, so a little bit funny that she thought she failed, but I think she succeeded. She did exactly what she she was hired for. Mm. So see you, decoy. Time for a new one. Right. But I mean, she doesn't really need one anymore now that she's with Anakin and Obi Wan. Yeah. Right. Well. Um. That was right before. That was right before they were assigned to her. But yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right before. And even Yoda. What? What a smooth talker. It's like, is everybody falling for Padme or what? Did you say Yoda? Yeah. He's like, what is this? Oh, he's dude. Like, it warms my heart you. that you. Yeah. I remember that scene. I know what you're talking about. And yeah. but Padme's like, oh, just another guy hitting on me. So she dude, completely it, just ignores him. Exactly, dude. I, every time I watch the movie, it's like it is an awkward scene because Yoda's like, Yoda's like flirting with her or being something, a, and then and, and, and then she has like an, an annoyed uh, look on her face. She's like, well, kids, stop talking about me like that. You know, it's like so funny. Yeah, I, I wish I got shut down. I hate you, Yoda. All right, now on to business. And and for, and for some reason, that, that always rubbed me the wrong way because Yoda, like, especially in the original trilogy, was, like, the wisest guy. And it's like, I feel like he's above, like, getting denied by girls. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't really like that scene. Yeah, same. I, I mean, I don't really I don't really think he was flirting with her, but that's just kind of funny just how the situation happens. No, and... right. You know, I, I think it was just the editing or something. Like, I don't think he's actually getting denied by Padme, but it's like, I don't, the way they edited it to her, he says something nice, and then she just has, like, this stone-cold look on her face. So it's like, that was really weird, you know? Please don't talk to me that way. It really makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Multiple yeah. lines. So she says, she says that to, to Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but I mean, like they just jump right to the whole war thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, and going back to like how uh, Palpatine was grooming Anakin, like you can tell it just from the scene alone, because she's talking mm-hmm. about her the attack on her life, and like okay, so she needs protection, and who does Palpatine quickly say to to be assigned to her? Anakin and he's like, oh, Obi Wan just came back from a mission. Him and his Padawan right. can, uh, can uh, assist her. Right, right. And then that's how we like get introduced to an older Ewan, which looks pretty cool. Like it's weird seeing him from like Phantom Menace jumping right into. I mean, I guess you did say like three years apart, so you see him with just like this beard and a little bit more mature. He looks yeah. so much older than he did in Phantom Menace since only three years. Well, yeah, right, right, and, and there's a huge like character difference too. I th- feel like he's very, mm-hmm. a lot more serious in Phantom Menace. Um, but he's, he's, he's a little more he does, at this point. Yeah, he does a lot of banter and joking around and stuff, and it's more of like the Obi Wan that we know. You know, the one that everybody kind of really fell in love with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I, and I was gonna say, um, cause I, I, I think I watched I watched this with somebody for the first time. I showed them the whole, um, series, and we told them that Anakin was a different actor, and they saw this movie and they were like, "Oh, so we want a different actor too." He looks so much different. He really does. He really does. The beard and the hair. It's um, crazy how much that can actually change, an appearance or look. I know. I know. Right. Yeah, he does a good job. Ewan always does a good job with Obi Wan. Um, he he kind of made the character of Obi Wan. I mean, there wasn't a lot mm-hmm. of character to him in the original trilogy, so Hayden did a really good job portraying an awkward, obsessive teenager. Right, right, dude. And it's like, it's like even like, on the elevator, he's sitting there sweating, and he's you can already tell he's obsessed. He's like, I haven't seen her since blah 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 blah. And Obi Wan's like, dude, take a chill pill, go take a cold shower. Yeah, I know. Okay, and, and th- this is one of my, like, I love the prequels, but this is one thing where, I, in hindsight, I'm thinking maybe they could have done this a little differently because in Phantom Menace, you got a little kid, Anakin, so there's not a whole bunch of character development. In Episode 2, it's like a super immature, super ornery, moody Anakin. It's like, he, it's not, he's not going to be warm to the audience. Like, he's kind of annoying in this movie a little bit. Always talking back to Obi-Wan. Um, you know what I'm saying? And then in, in Revenge of the Sith, He's, it's the very end of the Clone Wars. The very, very end of the Clone Wars. Yeah, and I was going to say, that's probably what's really good about the Clone Wars, because I talked about this with everybody. It's like between the, the Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, Anakin is a completely different character between the two. Yeah, And I think the Clone Wars really matures him in that, in that mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's not as much of a kid anymore because he's making tougher decisions, so he's forced to kind of grow up not to mention, he's got Padme working alongside him throughout the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You see him more in a leadership position. He's a general. He's running Starfleet. He has a Padawan of his own. He's a teacher, too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and this is not to say that Revenge of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars movie, and I, I love Anakin and Revenge of the Sith. Tiger Clones is a different story. I think Anakin gets a little annoying in this movie, um, a little bit moody for me. But um, it, it makes me think that you know, Phantom Menace should have been a teenage Anakin, Episode two should have been right in the meat of the Clone Wars. These Clone yeah. Wars stories. And then episode three. Honestly, episode three could say episode three. I love episode three. Yeah. 
But in hindsight, I kind of maybe would have reorganized it that way. I've actually had that. I've had that same discussion with a few other people before. A lot of people think that it should have just been a teenage Anakin that Qui Gon finds and then continue on from there. Uh, Kind of, kind of blend Phantom Menace and Attack of Clones a little bit. Keep a lot of story beats from Phantom Menace, but also start the Clone Wars on Geonosis in Episode One, and so that in Episode Two you can have full on Clone Wars action. But but I mean I. I can kind of see it, though, because that's kind of like how Lucas kind of envisioned it. It's like, okay, so you got this kid, Anakin, who mm-hmm. just doesn't know anything different. He's kind of mature because he has to be as a slave. Gets taken into the Jedi, gets spoiled, and very complacent, and turns into this bratty teenager that's obsessive. And I think he can get whatever he wants. Uh-huh. And you see that with uh, between him and Obi-Wan, him and Padme throughout the entire uh, movie. Yeah, and then in Revenge of the Sith, you have a more mature character who has bigger decisions to make, and ultimately, for the good of the galaxy, probably chose the right right one. Yeah, because we don't know how much the Jedi probably would have screwed up the galaxy if they're still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, because ultimately, I actually think the Jedi were the bad guys in this entire prequel trilogy. Not to say that uh, Palpatine really is, is uh. Wow guiltless but I, I think it was just more like wow. villains, villains, you think villains. but yeah. well types. yeah i mean i can see that yeah and they, and they expand on that in clone wars too but because mm-hmm. like i mean they kind of expand on that with like anakin saying that quote of revenge of the sith it's like from my point of view the jedi are evil and it's like mm. to a degree they are but it's only because out of arrogance what they think they're doing is good yeah well, actually, actually, in the opening crawl of Revenge of the Sith, they say villains on both sides. They actually admit to it in Revenge of the Sith, in the opening crawl. Actually, you don't, you're right. So, there you yeah. go. Proof. <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, I mean, that could have also crazy. referred it, to Palpatine being the villain on the Republic side. And then... True. True. Sidious I never thought of it the... that, but That's true. But, I, I, I don't know. I always thought of it as, like, there's corruption on, on, both, on both sides, separatists and republic. But um, oh yeah, 100%. But all, a, when, it, when it gets into politics, like even in modern politics, like it doesn't matter. Both sides are filled with villainous people. No, no oh, side yeah. is good. And yeah, that's kind of and that's what they're kind of doing here in in Star Wars is they're kind of like throwing in the political things. Like okay, well you got both sides. They have their both their own views. Mm. Both think they're doing what's right, but ultimately, right. it just needs to be wiped away. Yeah, and uh, just just real quick, when I was talking about the reorganizing of the of the prequel trilogy, um, I I would actually wouldn't want to do that because um, I'm a, obviously I'm a big prequel fan, and I'm I might be in the minority, but I'm a huge fan of Phantom Menace, and so I feel like if you make you know, different choices in that, then that would kind of take away, you know, that would completely change Phantom Menace. So, I don't know if I if I would be on board with that, because I don't want to change Revenge of Sith at all. I'm leaving that movie. Phantom Menace, huge fan. Attack of the Clones is the only one where I feel like, ah, uh, you know, I still like it, but I think it's the weakest of the prequels. And that's kind of where I'm uh, at with the sequels, too. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, let's just... Uh... I mean, Attack of the... So, sorry, real quick. I, I, I think I said Phantom. I, Attack of the Clones, I think, is the weakest of the, sequ- of the prequels. Just real quick. I don't know if I said that right. But sorry. I actually think uh, Phantom Menace is, but for different yeah, reasons. Yeah, there's a lot. Not... A lot of people do. A lot of people do. 
and I can see why Attack of the Clones. Like, I've, I've, it's kind of like, I don't know, like, when it comes to, like, my favorites and stuff like that, and then my least favorites, it always jumps around because I was like, oh, well, I don't like this movie as much because of this, but I really like, but now that I think about it, I really like this part about it, so it makes it better than this over here. And so many calculations, like, my, I flip-flop so much on, on oh, yeah. which ones I order. Like, when we did our rankings, oh, yeah. get with me a year from now. Like, I don't even have my rankings uh, written down anymore. And yeah. I'll sit there and do it again, and my order will, might be different. Yeah, oh, 100. No, it changes every time. Every time I do a watch through of the saga. Um, but like I was saying, like, uh, how you're talking about like, making changes and stuff, like, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, 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 sequels aren't canon, blah, blah, blah. And we should just redo them. I'm like, nah, they're already done. A lot of the story is being built around it, so let's just keep it yeah. because it is bringing a lot of good other stories that are leading up to it. And once I get past it, then it'll it'll bring in some some new better stories too. So uh, I'll, I'll just do a quick point on that because we want to get back to Attack of the Clones. But oh, yeah. I, I would say the the only thing against that is again, obviously sequels is the only trilogy that George Lucas not only wasn't a part of, but but was um, just just i can't think of the right word but just like toxically excluded from like yeah. they didn't want any part of lucas for whatever reason and so to me like a lot of the star wars canon comes from george lucas's mind you know so well i don't I, know i look at i look at the sequels as disney making doing experiments disney really wanted to make their stamp on the star wars universe they, they wanted to pump out get money they're like okay this is a money thing so let's do our own thing because we're disney so everybody loves us so it doesn't matter what we do and so then they put out their stuff trying to be so different from Lucas that they got way too far away from the point of what Star Wars was. And so and then that whole mistake, I think, was a whole necessary thing because we probably wouldn't have gotten, gotten anything like Mandalorian. We probably would have gotten more, I don't know, trash. I don't know. So Maybe. I think the sequels yeah. needed to happen the way that so they did. They, they need to make something so bad that we get back to the good <laughs> kind of thing? Kind of. I mean, everybody makes mistakes, and you got to make mistakes to know how to make the right ones, you know? Yeah. No, no I could see that. And and just a, a real quick point. Something cool about Rogue One, I don't know if, if you know this, but I'll, I'll link you to the article after, but they, okay. would, bring, they would bring Lucas on set, and um, he would yeah. choose, I like this helmet, I don't like this helmet, I like this, I like this. And so I, I, I just think at least having Lucas as a consultant of what should go on in, in Star Wars is the key to success. I mean, the fuck, the whatever they did in the sequels is excluding him is just beyond stupid to me. The guy who created the universe, you know? Like, like I said, so, they're, they're trying to do their own thing and kind of like, we don't, I don't know, it's like you take over something and it's like, okay, I don't want to live in my brother. Like, think of it like you go to school. You, you have an older brother who's had a teacher. You go into that classroom and the teacher sees you and it's like, oh, you're so-and-so's little brother. And I think Disney was trying to get away from the shadow of Lucas and make their own, you know? Well, yeah, but obviously... I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And it's a recipe for failure because... Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about... He doesn't have to be the director of Rogue One, but he was a consultant. And also, I don't know if you follow sports at all, but I'm pretty sure you know who Jerry West is, right? Uh, Is that Adam West's brother? Jerry West is the, Jerry West is, is the he's the logo of the NBA. Um, oh, okay. He's a logo. But anyway, he's like he's a huge he's a legend in the NBA and and my favorite team. 
they don't have him as a GM, as a president, but he's a consultant. Like, he comes in there and he says, all right, let's pick – I want to draft this guy. Draft this guy for this reason. Like, just a consultant, right? He doesn't have to be the main man, but, but let, let him give you some knowledge. That's what Lucas should be nowadays. Give him some inside knowledge, you know. But speaking of making bad mistakes, right? <laughs> let's get back to Attack of Culture. Yeah. The, making bad mistakes that lead to good results is, like, seriously here, like, they, like, I think it was a mistake for Anakin and Obi-Wan to watch over Batman and kind of be the, her security force. But Exactly. That's what I was going to say next, too. But it, le- but it leads on to the whole story of unraveling the, cl- the start of the Clone Wars. Right. But I do like... Well, the- and, I, sorry, I, I, I really like the banter that they have with Obi-Wan and Anakin as they're like just standing outside Padme's quarters. Hmm, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anakin's like, oh, uh, Padme doesn't... I don't think she likes me uh, watching her or whatever because he has R2 in the room doing security. So it's like, oh, I've got a sensor on, so it'll alert me for anything. But I can sense everything going on in that room. And Obi-Wan's like, uh, you're not... You're not as attuned to the force like I am, or something like that. Just a little banter between them. I thought it was comedy. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I think that um, Anakin's like kind of disrespect towards Obi Wan and and his um, uh, re- rebellion attitude, rebellious attitude towards Obi Wan is warranted yeah. because I think I think he's 19. So so that's 100 percent how he should be as a Padawan. Yeah, like he sh- he should be a little bit rebellious. It's just the fact that they chose to have him be this age in in one of the movies in the prequels. But um, I, I think for his age and stuff, I think that it works. He should be. He should be rebellious and kind of a... a, oh, a absolutely. He's a teenager, you know, so... I mean, he's, he wants to prove himself. And we hear it later in, he's like, Obi-Wan's holding me back. Well, tight. Yeah, right. And... It's just that normal teenager thing. It's like, oh, you're holding me back. You're not letting me do what I want to do, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. ultimately, and, it's like the best decision, and he and just it, doesn't see it. And it doesn't, help so that Ob- it doesn't help that Obi-Wan is an extreme rule follower in terms mm-hmm. of Star Wars, in terms of the Jedi Council and stuff. Extreme rule follower. And Anakin was more like Qui-Gon. Like, oh, completely kinda... reckless and but calculated. Calculated yeah. like, re- reckless. Yeah, yeah, Reck- yeah. Like reckless, I like calculated reckless- recklessness because it's like you don't have to do everything by the book. But you know, Anakin just is like, okay, this might not be the right thing, but or the right way, or the way that you would do it, but it's efficient. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, like even then, like uh, Obi Wan's like even telling Anakin, he's like, uh, senators are not to be trusted. But I find it hilarious that they're constantly in Palpatine's office. Oh yeah. You mean the Jedi in general? Yeah, Jedi in general. Yeah. Even though Obi-Wan does uh, make a comment about Palpatine, but I don't feel the rest of the Jedi see it the way his, his way is. Yeah, I mean, the Jedi are extremely involved in politics. Mm-hmm. Too much. Him. Yeah, too much. Too much. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I mean fr- from there we get a really exciting, like, for some reason, I feel like it's underrated and I kind of forget about it, but it's a long action sequence um from the the attempted assassination on padme and the, the chase scene in the middle of oh yeah really underrated and a really long and exciting action scene yeah just with a just from the point that anakin runs in screams the lightsaber thinking 
I thought he was gonna slice Padman's neck off, but he's got such precision. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Obi-Wan then Obi Wan jumps, the jumps out the jumps out the window. Um, With it. Yeah, I, like speaking of another calculated recklessness. Hmm. Right. Obi Wan just yeah. jumping out a window. Obi Wan, I mean, yeah. Did he actually think he like? What if he missed? Uh, I, 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 I was just gonna add, just the Jedi are just so confident maybe overconfident in this day and age. And so everyone just jumps out that window. I'm sure he must have known he could grab onto that, but I'm one with the force and the force is with me. It's not going to fail me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, but, I mean, it's, it's cool it's... to see. We see so much of course on in this chase, which I love, like really cool. It's actually even funny. Uh, Coruscant was not actually Lucas's idea. Hmm. Idea. It actually came out. It actually came out from one of the books. It was listed in one of the books, and that became the main governing planet uh, post Return of the Jedi and like all the the books. Mm. And so Lucas took that and made it canon. Very cool. Very interesting choice because if you think about a Jedi, they're religious, like monks, like Buddhists. Mm-hmm. I think he gets a lot of like um, Jedi teachings from Buddhism, and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just interesting that the Jedi Temple and where the Jedi operate is in the middle of the of the most bustling city in the whole galaxy. And what, what, Not to I mention, was, it's it's on. I think they built it upon Sith ruins too. Oh my! See, I mean, it's just like when I think about like monks and and religious um, re- religious units. Like, I would think of Jedi being like in the middle of like a grassy plain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, like away Something from. Like a... Have you seen the Jedi Temple in uh, Rebels yet? No, I have not. Okay, I'll send you a I picture of it. And, but exactly what you're kind of like describing is is well, straight from Rebels. And and I don't want to get into the Last Jedi at all, but like the planet that Luke is on, that kind Talk of thing. Too. Like, I, yeah, and I I don't agree with like whatever goes on in that movie, but I'm just saying the scenery. <laughs> I'm I'm just, I'm just saying yeah. the, the scenery and the planet. Like that's where I would imagine a Jedi Temple to be. Okay. Yeah. No, so I yeah, feel, I feel it. Kind of, kind of interesting to have the temple right in the middle of politics and city and corruption. But it's just funny, like even if you jump into like religious, you jump into like any religion you're talking about, and it's like okay, if you want to connect to, to, a higher being or like God or whatever it is that you believe in, they always recommend okay, so you got to meditate, you got to go to a spot where it's completely quiet <laughs> and no distractions. And it's actually pretty funny. Maybe it's uh. Maybe it's symbolism for how the Jedi have lost touch because they're in the middle of all these distractions. Yeah. Well, yeah, and this might, I mean, for all we know, this could be part of Lucas's calculation because he knows the Jedi are going to fall. And so um, he, he puts them in the middle of the city. He puts them in the middle of corruption. And again, the, just um, overconfidence by them and uh, letting corruption seep into them. Maybe it's not even their choice to be there. Because, I mean, there's Jedi temples all over the galaxy, and that's just, like, the main headquarters. Yeah, yeah. And maybe the governing republic or at the time is like, okay, we need the Jedi over here, so this is where you're going to be so we can contact you super quick. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about right now, it was like, um, I mean, the Jedi are ultimately supposed to be peacekeepers. And so it would make sense, if they're peacekeepers, it would make sense, you know, you, you can um, commission them to come in off planet or whatever. But maybe yeah. because of, because of the separatist movement and all the war that was going on, maybe they moved mm-hmm. him there. They moved him to Coruscant closer because 
now we're not really peacekeepers, but we need you to survive. The Republic's going to fall yeah. if we don't have the Jedi. And so mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it's just kind of like a wartime act to move it. But... Or maybe something. it's just kind of, maybe it's, maybe it's just a symbol of peace. Okay, it's like, okay, the Republic's great because we got the Jedi right here. Right. So if we Could have be. the Jedi, yeah. then. Yeah. And that's one thing that I like in Legends is that Luke takes over the Yavin temples, the Masasi temples there. And that mm. becomes the headquarters for the post Jedi uh, mm. order. See, like Yavin, Yavin seems like a Jedi temple planet. Mm-hmm. Right? That seems like a perfect place to have it. But in the Legends books, that's actually where Exar Kun uh, was. And mm. he was actually entombed there. But that's a whole other story. We get into all that later. Exar Kun's mm. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it's crazy because we're here on Coruscant, so we get to see all this crazy stuff. We get to see these flying taxi cars. We get to see how traffic is like Obi Wan sitting there driving a car, Anakin, or no, Anakin's driving like a little, little space taxi, right? And then catches catches Obi Wan, right? And, and I was just gonna say so, something consistent about the prequels in every movie, every single movie, Phantom Menace, Attack, Revenge, they always um um execute the fact that from the dialogue from A New Hope, Anakin was one of the best star star pilots star pilots in the galaxy. Because yeah. in every single movie, in every single movie, this dude is just he an exceptional Wars. pilot. Yeah, Clone Wars too. Yeah, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, everything. So, yeah. uh, and w- once again, Obi Wan doesn't like flying, but Anakin's maneuvering. He's doing some crazy, crazy stuff maneuvering around the city in uh, and, the opening scene. Like he even takes a he even takes like a little shortcut, and he just stops. And Obi Wan's like sitting there, like staring, and like, "This is why we should have done it. I don't know why you did that. You completely lost yeah. him. Yeah. All right, mission's over. Blah blah." And then Anakin's like, "Oh." Uh, Obi Wan, hold on a second. Uh, oh no, I just fell out of the car. Obi Wan's like, I hate when he does this. Dude, I I love that scene because I mean that that just speaks to the teenage recklessness of uh, Anakin, and I just love that line. Yeah. I hate it when he does that because that that line just like encourages the fact that there's a a period of time that we don't know that, but there's some history there, you know. Yeah. Like Anakin has been jumping out of spaceships and doing reckless shit for ten years, but we just don't know about it, you know. So. Love that even in uh even in the elevator scene at the very beginning, uh, Anakin's like, "What's that revenge of Sith?" I think no, no, it was even there. It's like, "Oh, you rescued me out of that nest of Gundarks or whatever." Yeah, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, and and then even in Revenge of the Sith, Anakin's like, "Oh, this is like the seventh time." Nope, nope, sixth. Blah blah. We're not yeah, counting well, that one over there. Like, th- you know what's funny? Uh, Phantom Menace to Attack of the Clones is the biggest jump between any yeah. movie. It's ten years. And there's no content in between. I don't know. Actually, there might be books. I'm not sure. But Legends from, uh, books. Since Disney yeah. took over, there's really nothing in between Pen and Menace and... Oh, well, no, actually, there is. There is a, uh, there's a comic series called titled Anakin and Obi-Wan. Really? And it's actually a really good series. I'll, I'll send you a link to where you can read them when you I have do. time. But Cause, it's, cause it's that, worth the read. That would be really cool to see Anakin, like, 14, 14, 15, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... I think that's the age he is in this comic. Really, like 13, 13 that would be, be a really cool area to explore. And Obi Wan, maybe he has like a, a mustache, maybe not a beard quite yet. He's got a mustache, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so like medium long hair. I don't know. Yeah, that, that'd be a cool era to to explore. Hundred percent. And then I like the little crash landing that they had right in front of that bar. Yeah. What? What? Uh, think with your. Uh, what did they say? Something about the lightsaber, right? Oh yeah, yeah, because he's because Anakin's in there fighting on Zam's ship, and 
doesn't realize who he was. He sits there, turns it on, tries to slice through, and then loses his lightsaber. Obi-Wan just happens to be trailing behind, uses the force, catches it, and just puts it neatly right in the, the thing. Then when he gets down, mm. he's like, don't ever lose this. This is this lightsaber is your life. Right, right. And, th- and then I love that Obi-Wan, he's going to put trust in his, in his Padawan. I'm the master. You go and find, you go and find the suspect. I'm going to go to the bar. I'm going to get some drinks. Yeah. I wonder if that's just him listening to the force. Maybe. Yeah, that, that could be part of it too. It's like, Anakin, go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it seem like you're useful. Go, go do this so you don't get in my way. And but in reality, I know what I'm doing. Right. And, and, and it leads to, um, I, I know there's a lot of memes because like a lot of people like to make fun of the prequels where sometimes I see those memes and I'm like, all right, relax. It's, I don't know. I, I just don't like when people just overly make fun of the prequels because I, I like them. But it, it leads to a genuinely one of the most funny, just genuinely funny moments of the prequels, the death sticks. It's just funny. Oh, it's not like, yeah. I mean, it's actually like comedy. It's not like a It doesn't a serve any purpose to the story, but it's funny. No, I do. It's just like actual. It's just funny. Like every time mm-hmm. I watch that or I watch it with somebody else, we all laugh. It's hilarious. Uh, do you want to buy some death sticks? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to buy. You, you don't want to buy death sticks. You want to go home and, and rethink your life. And you know what? You think about you think about how many times you want to say that to people when they're trying to sell mm-hmm. you something too. <laughs> and Obi Wan. Go home and rethink your life. Get out of here. Stop. Yeah, this. and Obi Wan can actually do it. It's really funny. Really funny. Gotta love those Jedi mind tricks. And yes, then, dude. And I love it. I'll, the thing that I also found funny, though, as they're walking into the bar, everyone's like, why do I feel like you're going to be the death of me? Oh, yes. Forgot about that one. A little foreshadowing. There's a lot of foreshadowing, actually, in the prequels that people um, kind of forget about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, Luke is always playing with the audience's minds because he made the prequels, obviously, where everybody knows the end story of it. So he kind of played mm-hmm. with that a little bit, which is, you know, it's very smart. I think it's kind of cool to do. Mm-hmm. And it's cool it, it, that it's kind of. I'm sorry. Uh, I, mean, I was just gonna say it's another reason why I always recommend release order when you're watching. Start with the originals and then go to prequels. You know. But, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I like this. And what is it with Obi Wan always cutting people's arms off in bars? <laughs> Dude, hey, maybe that's why they did that. I didn't even yeah, think no, about that's that. A, that's exactly why they did it. Speaking wow. of things that we'll kind of forget, like as far as like foreshadowing or just like uh, yeah, Easter eggs or That's whatever. A, that you know, maybe I have heard about that one, but I don't know. For right for right now, it seems pretty new to me. That that's a cool. That's cool. Because there's just did so the much same... to take in. It's like you can't catch everything. It's like even something as simple as that. Yeah, did the same thing in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Cool. And with man. the Skywalker in the in the place. Right. Right, with the Skywalker at his side. And then, man, when they interrogate this, uh, this woman, boy, does she Change get ugly. Line. Yeah, she gets really ugly. I actually thought she got hotter. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I didn't know, know you were into that. Echo. Echo 2. Indeed. <laughs> but it's in, I like that they set up like this changing characters. It's really cool because... It seems like bounty hunters really like working with changelings for their abilities. Because even Ted Bailey yeah. and Clone Wars uh, hired one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when I was a kid, I always thought that the dark made her look like that. But then when I got older, I realized her true self is the ugly, is the ugly yeah. one. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the alien species. Yeah. Imagine you go on a date with a changeling and then they turn into that. It's like, oh, 
Alright. <laughs> I gotta go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Shit. And then just never come back. That'd be funny. <laughs> and, we, and, we, and we get our first sighting of Jango Fett. And he's Dude. really badass in this movie. I was gonna say, yeah, shoots a little saber dart and then just shoots straight up into the sky. Right. I remember when. I, um... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I always find it funny because a lot of people, I, I even thought about this, like people, it's like, why didn't Django just shoot a laser blast? It's untraceable. Uh... Just sit there and, like, sit there and sniper with a rifle right in the head. All right, she's done. All right, let's get out of here. They can't trace me anymore. Right. But, I mean, it, maybe it goes with the whole plan that Palpatine had. Maybe Palpatine planned all that. It's like, all right, you're going to use this to kill her if anyone speaks. Well, that way they can track it here I so mean, Obi-Wan can initiate the clones. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just... Like, I mean, yeah, it could be I could be, over, I could plan, be overthinking, I mean. I could be overthinking it, but I mean, I know a lot of people make jokes I mean, about it, but I'm like, maybe it's all part of the plan. I just thought of, and, and forget about animated stuff, I'm talking about what we actually see in the movies. That, that was super long range. I don't know if I've seen a blaster bullet go that, that long range. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe he, well, he Bonnie, had to have a dart Bonnie for that. Hunters, though. Bonnie Hunters, true, they, true. They, they need it. They probably have uh, I'm special just... like equipped uh, blasters or whatever. Well, I, I would think maybe that is the special equipment because I'm just like honestly, I don't know if I've seen a sniper that long distance in in Star Wars. Maybe that is he had to use that dart to get her. I don't know. Oh, uh, Tuscan Raiders have them. True. There you go. Absolutely. In Phantom Menace, um, you see him yeah. sniping the pod. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he does use that dart, man. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, but you're right. I mean, it, it was just used to move the plot forward, I guess, huh? Yeah. And Palpatine what is blah, 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 was described as being able to see into the future and things. And so he mm-hmm. probably saw it, and maybe Django was instructed to use that equipment. And Palpatine knew that was going to happen, so he's like, okay, so this needs to happen for this to happen. And you know what? Technically, the dart was untraceable. Django went through that because he couldn't find Kamino in the system. Um, Obi-Wan had to go on a wild goose hunt to able, even to trace that at all. Well, I mean, it's not that it was untraceable. It was just they tried to hide it really well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, there was precautions on Django's part where, like, that shit was, like, deleted from the archives and all that stuff. So, And I this mean, is what I found funny about, like, this whole situation because now Obi-Wan is in charge of finding this bounty hunter, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it so important for the Jedi to... To take over this mission. Mm. I know they're peacekeepers, but I mean, this just doesn't seem like a mission that the Jedi need to do. Hmm. But it does leave some opportunity for Anakin to get some alone time and protect the senator. Yeah, so I, I was just going to say real quick that um, I actually don't have a problem with Obi-Wan going on, on the hunt for Jango Fett because all the way back in Phantom Menace, we kind of already established that Jedi. For whatever reason, Jedi are part of politics. They're right in the middle, of course. You're right. They're involved in that. And so if somebody's, like, trying to assassinate Padme, which is one of the the leading senators in uh, the Republic, it makes sense. Yeah. And it makes sense to send Obi-Wan on that because Obi-Wan's a very powerful Jedi. So it's like, go ahead. The, the problem that I have is that Anakin is the bodyguard of uh... – oh, wait, real quick. I was just going to say because – um, the Republic can, can can deploy Jedi super soldiers. That's basically what they are. They're like their super soldiers. Yeah. So take the super soldier, let him go ahead and kill that bounty hunter. But I, I have a problem with the Anakin 
being the bodyguard of Padme because mm-hmm. first of all, he's a Padawan. Um, they know he's second, obsessed with her. Second of all, he, yeah, I was gonna say in love, but you're right, he's obsessed with her. Um, why not leave leave him back at the temple? But let him do a little bit more Jedi training. Um, and even even more that uh, she calls him a kid, or it's like, oh, you're still that little boy, you know, and that just makes him try to try so much harder to impress her. <laughs> I know, I know, dude. But I mean, it's true. And it's like, if I'm the council, I'm I'm. I'm gonna leave Anakin at the at the temple. I'm gonna have him do some training with attachments and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I'm gonna send a master. I'm gonna send a master to guard Padme. Plo Koon. Send Plo Koon. Yeah. Send That's anybody. Say. <laughs> send anybody but Anakin. Okay. Send a different Padawan if you Send anything but an angsty teenager. Yeah, dude. Come on. Come on. And this is the other thing that I found funny. It's like, okay, so Obi Wan hasn't left for his mission yet. But we've got Anakin meeting Chancellor Palpatine by himself to hmm. discuss the mission. Why not? Why isn't Obi Wan talking to, Ch- to the Chancellor about? It? Okay, all right, let's get the details from him. Padawan, blah, blah, blah. all right, Padawan, this is what you're gonna be doing. Blah blah. blah. Yeah. And Obi Wan even raises some concerns to oh, what's his name, Captain Sapanaka, because it's a different guy. It starts with a T. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he's talking to the new guy, and he's like, oh, I'm worried about what Anakin. What I can do. Oh I can. yeah, I know. And then yep. he's like, he's like, I'm more concerned about what she's gonna do. Yeah, right, right. Now, oh, no, I, I just also kind of thought maybe um, the the Jedi Council they know that Anakin is the chosen one, or you know, at least he's prophesied to be the chosen one. What could and, go wrong? Well, well, no, I was just gonna say maybe they they see this as an opportunity to really grow some experience and put him through a, a real challenge. I mean, this is an important mission, so maybe right. the council's like. So we want to groom this we'll kid, you. and we want to, um, we we want to make him into a powerful Jedi. I don't know. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what they were thinking. So yeah, it could go either Pretty way. True. Honestly, the the more you think about it, it could go either way. But true. And I mean, it kind of gets to that point too, because like he, he when he's me, I think it's the only the only person that really talks to him that way is Palpatine, though, because even when he's talking to Palpatine, Palpatine is kind of like telling him how important this is, blah blah blah. Mm. Even strokes his ego a little bit and says, "You're more powerful than Master Windu." Yeah, right. Well, Palpatine's just always grooming this guy. Any chance he gets. And then you got Obi Wan on the other side and saying his abilities make him uh, arrogant. Yeah, right. Um, let let me just give a a, a little uh, general complaint about Attack of the Clones. Okay. Um, I think. This is the worst. Um, it's the most blatant green screen we get in the prequels. Um, a lot more Phantom Menace than, than people realize is actually practical. Because, again, it, it, it was made in the 90s, and it's just crazy it was made in the 90s. You look at every other movie, yeah. like 98, 99, nothing looks like, like Phantom Menace. Even the pod racing set was, uh, or it was a diorama set. Yeah, no, I mean, a, lot of, on. a lot of that stuff is practical. And once you get to the Revenge of the Sith, the um, the CGI is so refined, and it reaches such a clarity that it doesn't matter. It, the CGI in that yeah. movie is great, but Attack of the Clones—it's such blatant green screen in so many in so many um, scenes, and it's, it has like a saturated color to it. And I feel like the colors are too bright. Um, also, a fun fact: Yoda. This is the oldest Yoda because if you watch Phantom Menace yeah. today, that's that Yoda's from 2011. That's the that's the best Yoda that in live action that they've ever made in Phantom Menace. True, because I don't know. I mean, a lot of new fans. It was a puppet before. I was gonna say redid it. 
Right. They might, they might not realize that Yoda was actually an ugly-ass puppet, might I add, in Phantom Menace. Ugly as... He looked like a meth Beautiful addict, puppet. bro. Beautiful no. puppet. <laughs> what? Wait, are you serious or no? I, I had struggles with it for a long time. Where I actually liked the puppet only because it was oh, fucking... Oh, dude. Only because it was what? Because it was practical. Because it was nostalgic. It's okay. Okay, so they did a a puppet in the original trilogy, so they're going to do a puppet here. Then when you get to Attack of the Clones, you have a CGI Yoda, which I was fine with. And then when they went back to CGI Yoda in Phantom Menace, I was like, no, 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 that's stupid. They shouldn't do that. But Hmm. now, now, like, I'm completely opposite. I'm like, I'm so glad they did that. Yeah, I mean, I could see where you're coming from, like, generally, but it, it's one of the best additions they made, and that's just because... Oh, absolutely. And it's just because the Phantom Menace puppet for Yoda just looked like a drug, drug addict. I don't know why, how they even, like, thought that that looked good, but it looked so bad. It looked so bad. It but, did. It really did. But um, the uh, the CGI now for uh, Yoda and Phantom Menace is so crisp, so it's amazing. It's really, really good. Yeah, 100%. But anyway, back to his tackle clones. This is where Yoda looks... He doesn't look bad, but he definitely looks the worst. It's the oldest Yoda there is. Um, there's a lot of gr- there's too much green screen in this movie, and colors are oversaturated. I feel like a lot of uh, Revenge of the Sith is dark. Like even the colors are dark. The the mood is dark. Yeah. And I, I think it's done purposefully. I just think there's not a lot of like um, thought that's going behind Attack of the Clones with like with, like lighting. Like how are we gonna do the lighting on this scene or whatever? You know what I'm saying? I think it's meant to be vibrant, just for because like you got a Naboo is supposed to be like this beautiful lush planet, so it's like yeah, let's mm. make this true, true. Because even uh, when Anakin goes to Tatooine, it's like kind of drab and it's a little bright, but then you get to the the night scene with him attacking the the Tusken Raiders. It's like oh a my dark gosh. scene. One of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars. Like, just forget about what movie scenes are in, but that's just one of the best scenes in Star Wars for me. Yeah. I thought that... I, I, I really like that, because you get introduced to Lars, and then you, you just see the hatred in him. He's like, I hated those Tusken Rangers when I was a kid. I shot at my pod racer. Now it's to go show them a lesson, because they stole my mom. Oh, and dude. So, yeah. yeah. One of my favorite things was just seeing him, like, jump off that cliff and sneak into the camp and cut through the side. <laughs> And yeah. then you have, like, this beautiful moment between him and his mom. Yeah. And then she just dies in his arms, and then he just starts getting pissed. Yeah. And he just comes out, lightsaber turns on, and he just does one quick stroke, and you see him slice a head off a Tusken Raider and mm. kill another one. Yeah. And then... And, and, and they, then they don't even the have to show like, you, you know what went down at that camp. Oh, yeah. Because you see the Tusken Raiders, they get up, and they're like, oh, crap, how, where'd this guy come from? We're screwed. But yeah. I'm sure they know what a Jedi is. Yeah. Right, right. And, and then um, you see them get up and start running, and then scene cuts. Watching that whole sequence, it's just, like, kind of crazy how there's there's some there's so many weak scenes in this movie. Again, I really like the movie, but there's a lot of weak scenes in Attack of the Clones. And this whole sequence is executed, like, to perfection. His <laughs> Anakin's Hayden Christensen's acting is really good with him and his mom. He does a really good job. Um, I love the lighting in it. You get, like, it's there's a fire in there, and it's, like, fire. You can see it glistening yeah. off their faces and stuff. Um, it's really touching between him, him and his mom. It's such a pivotal moment uh, for Anakin's turn into Darth Vader. I mean, it's, it's a really important scene, and it's executed to perfection, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Ooh. Hayden does really well with anger. Actually. Yeah, 
I, I was just gonna say, um, just real quick, the tool of fates when he's riding when he's when he's on his way to the Tuscan camp. Really cool. Oh yes, yes, yes. So that oh, he's on that swoop bike. That that, yeah. that is a really cool scene. That I mean, like that's kind of like how I admit, imagined Anakin would be in Phantom Menace, like just kind of a badass right. on, on a motorcycle, um, up to no good. And that's what that's that's what that scene was kind of right there. So really cool. Yeah, then we jump back to Obi Wan story, which I, I'm not gonna lie, I find Obi Wan story a little boring when he's trying to hmm. determine the the little dart. Right. Especially going to the Yoda. How embarrassing is it for Obi-Wan to go and it's like, oh, Yoda, I need help with this. And Yoda's like, let's ask these uh, five-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. And the five-year-olds solve his problem and Yoda just sits there and mocks them. Yeah. That was funny. That's funny. Um, yeah. Um, Camino's really... Uh, Camino just... Because we're just going on with the story, because eventually everyone ends up in Camino. Um, yeah, really, really sci-fi planet. One of the most sci-fi oh, planets yeah. we see in Star Wars. Beautiful too. Yeah, really cool. Really cool. I actually really like the whole little fight scene between Obi Wan and Jimmy. It kind of really shows his his skills and why well, he was chosen. I, I was just about to jump there because I, um, I, I didn't know if we want to go through all the clone stuff, but I mean. In my opinion, that's probably the greatest. Um, I, I went back and watched. It. I remember I watched that scene after Boba Fett showed up in Mando season two, because I don't know, I got really into Mandalorians and shit. So I was like, me and my brother went back and watched that scene. That's probably the greatest Mandalorian scene on on film, in me and my brother's opinion. I mean, yeah. you get the you get all the rep, you get the entire repertoire of uh, the suit, Jango Fett's suit. He does everything. Yeah, that's true. Minus the little rocket. And, um, right. No, no, he uses the rocket, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. I don't think so. No, dude, he, oh, wait, it might, it might have been Boba Fett shooting from the ship. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I no, he uses the rocket. Mark, he uses the don't, rocket. Because I, I, I remember the scene where, where he, he hunches his back over and then he, he actually, he, he fires the rocket. You might be right. I'll um, have, have to watch that scene again. I have to go back to you because I'm trying to remember where, like, what the rocket does, but I know for a fact he uses it. But, but um, Django does have a little assistance from Boba, but you do you get you you get to see the uh, power of Mandalorians because he basically do yeah. to a draw. It, it's a draw, pretty much that fight. And Boba doesn't really help him too much. Not too much. No, he doesn't. And it kind of pisses me off seeing this fight because it's such a well shot and executed action sequence. Um, I don't know. I just don't understand why. Once they get to Geonosis, they decide to have Django die like a bitch, just like his son Boba. Uh, that's number two. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So this is, this is a rated R now. This episode. Yeah. <laughs> but really, really, I don't turn advisory. I don't understand it. Like, I mean, you see, he has a flamethrower. He's got the rock. He's got the. Why? I don't understand it. George Lucas is, I mean, just, I, I feel like you could choreograph that scene so much better, you know? All right, how about this? How about you get run over by a giant beast, hmm. and then you get up and try and fight a Jedi? Now, fair point. I see what you're saying, because his, jet, his jetpack doesn't work anymore, but the dude yeah. stands. The dude stands and fires. Like, with, with I mean, a what else is he going to do? A Jedi's running towards him full speed. I don't know, maybe... 
jump to the side or something. Don't let him cut off your head. I don't know, dude. I don't think he, he – maybe he didn't think Mace Windu was going to cut his head off. He's like, oh, this is Jedi. He's good. He's not going to kill me. Oh, crap. You know what? Precedence, right before that, he downs Coleman Trevor in three blasts. Oh, yeah, that's right, which we discussed at the very beginning. Yeah, so, so maybe he's thinking, you know what? I just – I can kill Jedi easy. So he's – but he doesn't sure. know it's Mace Windu. He doesn't know who Mace Windu is. He doesn't know what the baddest – MF or in the in the galaxy is coming at him, you know. Oh uh, no, Anakin's on the beast at that point, so he's not coming at Django. Hmm. I know at this point, I'm, I'm taking. I'm, I'm just kidding. No, I I know I know, but at this point, I'm definitely taking Mace over Anakin. Fair enough, fair enough. Because his skills on that that little conveyor belt was kind of just kind of lacking. I don't think Mace Windu would have gotten taken down that easy. <laughs> he he wouldn't have got oh, yeah. his hand bolted to a to a plate. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I might yeah, agree with you on that one. We also got to keep in mind that I think Anakin is the same age as as Luke in A New Hope, right? Yeah, movie. Anakin's still learning. Like he's just overly he's nineteen. Confident. Yeah, he's yeah. so young, dude. He's so young. Like imagine imagine Luke in the Battle of Geonosis from A True. New Hope. Very true. Um, but yeah, dude. But I mean, just back to the fight. The the fight between Django and Obi Wan is really good. Really, really good. Anybody who hasn't seen Attack of the Clones in a while, I, just watch that sequence. It's just a good action sequence. You know? Oh, it's really cool. Tons. And I like. I actually like this visit to Camino because you get a little bit more history on Django. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you find out about this mis- mysterious character called uh, Sepodius, who's been right. dead for like ten years. Very and really so, important. I know for the longest time I was like, who is this guy? I know we yeah. get in Clone Wars to kind of delve into more of the story on that, but yeah, yeah, you you kind of realize without Clone Wars, there's not a lot of explanation to like why why does Order sixty six command the clones to kill the Jedi? Like, there's not much explanation yeah. that in, in the prequels. Um, I never needed that personally. I I thought you know I kind of connected the pieces in my mind. Like, okay, you know, I I just connected it, but. Clone Wars does add some some good backstory. Well, I'm I mean everybody does know because Count Dooku's involved, so it's like okay, Count Dooku, Palpatine, obviously something's going on there. Yeah, but yeah, I'm just confused. It's like okay, so it was Sepodius working with Count Dooku. How did he get the funds to get a clone army without even the Jedi Council even knowing? Hmm. Maybe yeah. he was uh was it the CFO or something? He's like uh the accountant. It's like, uh, I'll, I'll just spend money this way. I'll skim <laughs> off the top. Nobody will notice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm for like, real. I'll need it later. Yeah, or maybe they uh, maybe they stole from somebody. They used their Jedi powers and stole mm-hmm. Who knows? But um, r- r- real quick, going into the cloning chambers of this movie, I always – this is a weird thing. I always found it weird that there's a, there's a separate actor. They have, they have Daniel Logan – Plays the young Django Fett, obviously. Right. They have Tamora Morrison as J- as Django Fett, the oldest clones. But there's this, there's actually a third actor that plays Django Fett, and really? show. I yeah. That. Well, uh, okay. Once you watch it again, you'll know it right when you see it because he looks different. He looks different. They show the middle aged Django Fett, and he's eating. There's like a bunch of them eating, and this guy like gives a little snarl to somebody to like that's next to him. And every time I watch yeah. it, I'm like, what the hell? Who is that guy? That doesn't even look like Tamora Morrison. It's this guy that looks somewhat similar. But yeah. Check it it could just be CGI or is it actually? No, no, no. It's not CGI. There's actually a third actor in uh, 
that plays middle-aged uh, Django, like 20-year-old Django. Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, I don't see people talking about it a lot, but every time I watch the movie, I'm like, who is that guy? That's not Tamara Morrison. That's not Django. Yeah, third, third actor. Looks a little different. Interesting. I'm going to have to look, research that now. Yeah, I might actually make a fun trivia question on uh, the Instagram. Right, yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of cool. You don't like when people talk about the actors of Boba Fett. That guy would never come up, but yeah, true. He's definitely in there. He's one hundred percent in there. Interesting. I think he's. I, think I, think he's all, was... I was just gonna say. I think he's always also from New Zealand too. Just a fun fact. I'm not sure. Probably. That. Yeah. Probably. I think that's one of the cool things about Tamara Morrison. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when we get to like the Book of Boba, and he gets to play some of that. That character in with the Tuscan Raiders and implement some of his actual real life culture too. I thought it was really cool. Uh, we yeah. already discussed it in uh, that podcast, but I just want to say I still think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing important about this movie that really sets up for Anakin's fall is that they start introducing this love story with Padme. So it starts with this obsession and then mm-hmm. Anakin gets this time to spend with her, even though they kind of like sit there and butt heads, and Anakin's like, no, 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 we're going to do it my way, and Padman's like, excuse me, this is my yeah. own planet, I know this right. better than you, so you're not even a Jedi yet, so step down, and then Anakin gets all offended, yeah. but they start to calm down a little bit, and they start spending time in the fields, these romantic scenes with waterfalls in the background, and then they kind of steal a kiss, and then they spend time in this dark room with a little fire going, and she's wearing this very seductive outfit, and mm. she's all surprised that Anakin's going, I'm in love with you. I know you feel it, too. And she's like, we can't do this. I don't know why you're even bringing this up. And she's in there wearing this, like, really hot outfit, and she has the gall to sit there and say, no. I always find that funny. Yeah. I felt like yeah. she dressed on, that way on purpose, and... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she's got like, like half her boobs showing, and she's denying the, the teenager. Yeah, basically. <laughs> That's funny. That is true. But it just um, haunts me. I know. I'm, I, I know it haunts you too. Because why else would you dress so seductively while we're alone in this dark room with fire? You know. You know what's funny? <laughs> I I always watch the behind the scenes for these movies. Um, that's the one outfit George Lucas designed. That outfit. Funny enough. Did he really? Yeah, George Lucas made that outfit. Interesting. That yeah, I mean it's a it's a cool it's a cool design. So impressive, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Lucas. Yeah. Um. Now this scene, there's a lot of awkward stuff in here. Like, I I just don't like when people talk about awkward and wooden dialogue and acting. I think a lot of it is an Attack of the Clones, but then people like to to say that's the whole prequels. But well, I mean, Revenge of the Sith. Anakin and Padme on the balcony, that scene. Love has blinded you. Well, uh, that whole I'm, little sequence. I'll be honest, I, I never thought that was awkward. I thought that was good acting. That's just my opinion. Okay. I, 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 I thought that was actually, I thought it was kind of like kind of sweet, the whole thing. But Okay, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll get more into that when we, when we cover Revenge of the Sith then. Yeah, yeah, but... We'll, we'll save that discussion. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Attack of the Clones between Padme and Anakin where I'm like, it is cringe. I'm like, ugh, wow. Yeah, that was especially, a little bad. Especially like when they're standing in that room and she's like, 
stop looking at me the way you're making me uncomfortable and then he just keep he gets even more creepier <laughs> dude that uh, that might be the epitome of it yeah they're like in padme's i think that's her room isn't it it is yeah 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 quarters yeah so there's some stuff is just like yeah yeah revenge of the sith i mean we'll get again we'll get to it later but yeah i don't i think all that stuff is pretty good i think i think hayden does such a good job in that movie really he really does And um, Natalie Portman always does a good job. I mean, she's one of the greatest, you know, might be an overstatement. I think she's one of the greatest actresses of all time. She's really, really good. I'd say overstatement, but she's definitely good. I do like a lot of the stuff that she's been in. Uh, yeah. I think one I mean, of my favorite performances that she's done is Be for Vendetta. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. I've heard about it, obviously, but never seen it. Never seen it. Yeah, she actually shaves her head for that one. Mm. And I remember, I remember crying myself. I was like, oh, man, she cut off her beautiful hair. <laughs> yeah but she rocks it pretty well though yeah um i kind of want to watch that movie now yeah what what year did that come out do you know uh i don't actually i, I was just trying I was, to think of it it was uh, like 2006 maybe 2000. all right so so after star wars after star wars yeah it was definitely after star wars fun fact Two, actually fun. No, it came 2005 um really I was going to say, fun fact, Ewan McGregor filmed the movie between um, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And so... You, well, you, Big you, Fish, right? Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's what it's called. Um, you, you might know this already, but a lot of the scenes in Attack of the Clones, not a lot. Some of the scenes in Attack of the Clones, um, Ewan has a fake beard and mustache. Wait, you didn't know this? No. And you know what's funny? Now that they say it, you can look this up too, but you can 100% tell. You can 100% tell the beard looks whack. The beard looks really whack. It's one of those scenes, man. Clash having effect. Now that every time I see him, I'm going to be like, that's fake. That's fake. Oh, I can see it now. 100% you'll be able to see it. Um, I believe the Dexter scene. I believe, and I, I'll have to double check all this, but I believe the beard is fake in the Dexter diner scene. Interesting. But um, yeah, yeah, because the movie that he was doing between those two, he was clean shaven. Oh, you know what it was? It was black. I think it was Black Hawk Down. I think that's the movie he did between them. I didn't know he was in that one. Um, you know what? Wait, let me look up the the release date because I remember in Black Hawk Down he looks like um, Phantom Menace Obi Wan. I because he got know a he shaved head. I don't remember being in that one. Black Hawk Down. Um. Hmm. No, this well, that was from two thousand one. No. But yeah, no, you, you yeah. McGregor's in that movie, but oh yeah, he he looks like his friend of his self. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember the movie, but yeah, dude, he got a fake beard and a bunch of the scenes in in Attack of Clones. It's really funny. <laughs> like literally, literally, like a glued on beard. It's really, it's really funny. Uh, Big Fish came out in two thousand three. It's probably what it was then. Yeah, right. it had to be that one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because you Something know like you and McGregor trivia for you guys. Yeah, and McGregor, you know, he's always working. I mean, he's a really, really good actor. So obviously, people always want to hire him. So um, he does like a project every single year. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of his other movies I thought he did great was uh, Impossible. Never seen it. Never seen I it. I actually highly recommend it. They, he, Tom Holland's in that one, and. Oh. Tom Holland. I forget. And then the the mother, another famous actor, I can't forget her name, but but 
the three of them did such a solid job in that movie. It's about I think they go to Thailand on vacation, and oh, it's about a tidal that's not called wave impossible. that hits. That's, that's, that's not a po- is that is it called impossible? Uh huh. I thought it was a different name. I know what movie you're talking about. I've seen that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called Impossible because it, it's impossible it for them to survive. It's based on a true story, I think. Yeah, it is impossible. Yeah, I've seen that movie. I just didn't know which one. It was a young Tom Holland, really mm-hmm. young. Yeah, one of his very first performances. Yeah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So lots of lots of trivia for you guys there. We're movie buffs too. <laughs> um. I, another little trivia right here. This again from behind the scenes from Attack of the Clones. Um, the droid factory sequence. Um, I don't even think one of the. Last, I think that was the very last thing sh- shot for Attack of the Clones because it was a reshoot. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was gonna say the 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 droid factory that whole sequence. Um, that was all the very last stuff that was filmed for Attack of the Clones, and that's because Lucas was watching it all over watching the movie and um there was just too, he, he, there was a huge um drought in the middle of the movie where there was just too much talking and stuff and then they said we need an action sequence right here and so that's when they, they wrote the the droid factory stuff and uh oh interesting so it wasn't a reshoot it's just an addition no well, no it, it was a reshoot oh well i mean I, you know you're right technically not a reshoot it's an addition but i mm-hmm. think that was that was like in the period where because they always do it like and a lot of time where they can do the reshoots before they got to release the movie. But, um, right. yeah, just, just an addition that like, that wasn't even in the script. I don't think that was in the script, the original script mm-hmm. for the movie, but, um, true. I, I'm, I'm sure Luke, Luke has heard the complaints about Phantom Menace where, um, too much talking, too much, you know, not enough action. And so he probably wanted to put a little more action in attack of the clones. So maybe, but I also know you didn't really care. Like you're going to get criticism about it. He's like, I'm just doing it my way. It's right. Like he wouldn't even take like, I know on the original trilogy, he had a lot of counsel and a lot of people helping him with it. And with the prequels, it was pretty much just him saying what he wanted. Right, especially Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace is the most mm-hmm. unaltered Star Wars, George Lucas's mind, there is. Okay. And, well, I mean, I, I no, honestly... That's why he I, likes it so much. Ah, excuse me. I, was just gonna, I think that's, that's just, why he likes it so much. Yeah, I, I think that's just fact. Like, people just, like, like there's no influence on that. Like, that was just Lucas's mind, just out. He, he had the yes-men all around him. I want this to happen. Yeah. Like, okay, okay. Um, because after the original trilogy, he was like a a, a, a film god, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so he could do whatever he wanted. And, you know, some people didn't like Phantom Menace. I love Phantom Menace. I, I just think it's really interesting for Star mm-hmm. Wars. But, yeah. Yeah, very interesting thing for Star Wars. And I'm surprised you haven't even started talking about this character yet. Mm. What we got? It was been like bouncing around all over the place and we have yet to mention this character. I have no idea. Or who even the say. sequence. Count okay. Dooku. Oh! You know what's funny? You know why? Because Count Dooku isn't... Um... <laughs> In it that much. The Count Dooku, it's crazy. He's the main villain of the movie, and he's not unveiled until probably over half the movie's done. Yeah, pretty much. It's just, like, interesting. It's like, you just... You see, like, this entire movie, we see... A lot of this character development, and we get like Dooku for like what the last thirty minutes of the movie. Mm. Yeah, honestly. And I do like his interaction with with Obi Wan, but like before we jump into like Count Dooku, I, I just gotta say one word leading up to this is seismic charge. Oh right, super cool. It's props props to the sound design on that one. Mm-hmm. 
actually really enjoying that entire like little fight sequence because you can yeah. see Obi Wan's. He's not a bad pilot, but you can, but he just hates it. Yeah. Right. Right. And there, I believe there, in Master and Apprentice, we learned why he hates flying. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Oh, I thought you finished the book. No, I, I never finished it. I gotta read that. Right, good. I'm not gonna say anything else. Then finish that book and. Yeah, it, it is funny though. He says he loves he loves flying in that movie, which is an interesting. In the book, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, in the book, which is interesting. Yeah. Also, in that book, we learn why he hates it. Yeah. But so, I do like the interaction that Count Dooku has with uh, Obi Wan. He's like trying to pretend like he has nothing to do with the dark side. Like he's like, oh, yeah. Um. So, oh yeah, yeah. We're just doing this, blah blah. Qui-Gon would have agreed with me. He would have been helping me with it. I don't well, know you you want either. Well, he he's a political idealist, not a murderer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a quote. That's a quote from uh, Coyote Mundy. Oh, really? Dude, come on. Are you serious? Oh, that's right. In Master Apprentice, he does say that. I forgot. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. Right. No, not in Master Apprentice. In the movie. Does he? Bro, he's a political... How did I miss that? He's a political idealist, not a murderer. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> is that, I did is forget that, about that. Is that Revenge or Attack? I actually can't remember. Uh, Attack of the Clones was in Revenge of the Sith. They don't really... Oh, yeah, he died. Dr. was pretty much just done. Yeah, he, he, he died. He, he's history. Yeah, but... um, Yeah, bro. You, you know what I'm talking about now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but... um, Yeah, and uh, Count Dooku... He explains everything to Obi Wan, but Obi Wan just doesn't he doesn't want to hear it. But no. um, and and it shows a little bit more arrogance of the Jedi because Kentu is completely transparent, hundred percent honest, hundred percent. He's like, oh yeah, the the Republic the, are already uh, under the influence of a Sith Lord called Darth Sidious, hmm. and I'm like, guys, it's obvious, it's Palpatine, it's Palpatine. How are you guys not seeing this? Mm-hmm. And Obi Wan refuses to believe it. If Obi-Wan would have believed any ounce of that, that would have helped the Republic so much. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same situation where Maul is trying to bring Ahsoka onto his side to be able to draw Anakin over there. Yeah, but exactly. He's like, oh yeah, Anakin's the key to everything. He's going to be the new apprentice. And Ahsoka's like, oh, I almost joined you, but yeah, he said that. I don't believe that. So It's the exact but, same thing, honestly. Yeah. Hey, isn't it cool that I can uh, – I know what you're talking about now because I've seen all of it. I know, and that's why I quoted it, because I, I figured you'd know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really good season. Well, actually, I don't, I don't know if I'd say it's a... Okay, just real quick. We don't have to talk about this, but I don't know if I'd say seven, season seven is a good season. The last four... No, just, ep- a, just a Siege, Siege of Mandalore is what made that season. The, the last four episodes of season seven is peak Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of boring shit in that, dude. All right, we'll get back to that after, because I want to ask you a couple questions about it. For sure, for sure, for sure. For sure, for sure. For sure. Um. So yeah, so it's interesting that Count Dooku is like completely transparent, and Obi Wan's just like, yeah, whatever, I don't believe you. And and, and did did Obi Wan? I wonder if he even like documented that to the council, like at least tell him what Count Dooku said because he might have. Because Obi Wan seems like that type, but then again, Obi Wan gets tossed into an arena, and then a huge war starts. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure. I'm sure once the war actually starts, it's like. Obi Wan's like, okay, so we're still dealing with the Sith Lord. He's somewhere over here, and because uh-huh. uh, even Mace Windu, well, which 
be like, yeah, yeah, no, nothing could get past us. We would know if there was a Dark Lord in our midst or whatever. Because mm-hmm. he's even talking in the Phantom Menace about a Sith being around. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so... Yeah. You, you, the, you think yeah. you think he could use an intuition in his feelings a little bit, like... Uh, but this is, like, the about... arrogance of the Jedi, though, and yeah. this kind of, like, really shows why the Jedi fell. The Jedi are so cocky that no Sith Lord can be above them. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. And then I want to make some more notes a little bit about the, the arena battle before we get into the final battle. And um, I did like uh, a lot of the humor between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm here to rescue you. Good job. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I feel like this is where the banter really starts. It's uh, mm-hmm. there's some really so great like Padme's stuff. Padme's on top of things. It's just like climbing on top of things. Padme has a, uh, an awesome outfit on. Um mm-hmm. Um, let's say this is this is Padme's best outfit right here, man. I agree. I, I mean, this is me, Padme, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Clown. dude. I just gotta be honest. Padme's the hottest Star Wars girl. I'll be honest. She's harder than Leia. She's harder mm-hmm. than Rey. Uh, harder Pad- than Jin. Harder than Jin. I I do think Jin's pretty hot, but Padme's gotta be number one on my list. I think. Yeah, because I wouldn't really say Rey is hot. She's more like pretty. She's like the the one you date. I don't know. The, I, the I, one you said on. I got a lot of friends that think Ray's really hot, but I, I just tell them, bro, like, come on, remember Padme. Pa- Padme's way harder than Ray. That's hundred percent. No. Anyway, no, no doubt. Anyway, awesome. <laughs> All right, we gotta move on. I was just yeah. saying, dude, awesome outfit, man. She she's looking really good in this in this Gene Ocean battle. Indeed, and I think a lot of people actually don't even notice this part uh, with Anakin. It's very subtle. He uses a force ability. That I don't think a lot of people noticed. Uh, which one? Uh, beast control. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole he, he subdues the beast so he can ride on it. Yeah, the rhino shakes, huh? Mm-hmm. And this same creature shows up in Mandalorian, huh? Season one. Mm, maybe. No, this is a different one. Not the same. Not Are the you... same one that he uh, gets a crest on. Are you sure? Positive. Yeah. All right, all right. I have to watch season one. It's been a while since I've seen season one, but um, yeah, dude. Um, okay, wait, r- real quick. Who do you think has it the hardest? Which which one of these beasts do you think is the toughest? I want to say the one that's like the praying mantis looking one. I'll, I'll, is that I one or the hundred percent? No, I or, I agree, dude. Or the other one that's like jumping around like a. It's kind of like a cat. Yeah, that's Padme's. I, I would say mm-hmm. the, the one that I would least want to face is Obi-Wan's for sure. The, mm-hmm. the Prey Mantis one, bro. That one's scary. I think that's why, I think that's the one why Obi-Wan went for it because he's the more experienced. So it's like, okay, naturally they're going to get to their level. Yeah, yeah. That thing was crazy, yeah. dude. And then a, Obi-Wan a lot of... ends up chopping his legs off later. I mean, uh, it makes me do. Yeah, yeah. We get some like uh, Return of the Jedi vibes, kind of Rancor. Jedi mm-hmm. vibes where they're facing a giant beast. That's true. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty because it's pretty cool. Like they don't have the lightsabers. They're they're just kind of being resourceful, kind of mm-hmm. using using whatever they can to to kill them. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. I mean, it's a really cool arena fight. I mean, this is the first time where you see well, not the first. This is the only time where you, you see, see a hun- bunch of Jedi, hundreds of Jedi 
I mean, this is the only time on live action you see that. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say hundreds of Jedi, but I'd say like dozens. Dozens? I. Ah, man, there's a lot feel, of Jedi. I don't feel man. it's hundreds. Let's see. Because we don't get know. to that final round with all the Jedi being uh, centered around all the battle droids and whatnot. It's only well, there's a lot of Jedi there. Well, yeah, well, there's a lot of them dead by that point. Yeah, but I mean, you're looking at Clone Wars and like, oh, one Jedi is equal to a hundred droids or whatever, and then. Right. So we got the we got the Geonosians though mixed up in the battle too, and uh, bounty hunters and. Bounty hunter, just one bounty hunter, and he gets his head chopped off. Oh, wait, are there destroyers in this battle? I can't remember. I don't think so. Uh, I think there are a couple of destroyer droids, but it's mostly super battle droids. Yo, is this the first time you see a super battle droid in the arena? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But no, hey, the shot where we see it's literally both sides ran, uh, running into each other, droids and Jedi. I yeah. think there might be a, I think there might be a hundred Jedi. Low key. I think maybe after the clones show up with Yoda. Okay. Okay. That might huh. be that might be when it is, but not actually arena. I have to look at the arena again, but I'm kind of doubting that whole hundreds thing. I still think it's dozens. Hmm. There's a lot of Jedi. I mm-hmm. would say, I, I would say, okay, maybe, maybe let's say, okay, let's say, I would say 60 to 70 at the least. That'd be my least. 60 to 70. There's a, there's a lot of them out there. Let me look at some pictures. All right, fine. So I did a quick Google. 212 Jedi led by Mace Windu. <laughs> no way, really? Yeah. Uh, let me see, Attack of Clone. Uh, you know, I'll just look at Battle Geonosis. Really? It's called the Geonosis Strike Team. <laughs> I was going to say, dude, but also on screen, too. I mm-hmm. want to make sure we're being. On screen, it doesn't look that many, but. I wonder, what's that from? Is that from. Uh... Bro, there's a lot of jet. Oh, no, wait, that's a lot of droids, too. Yeah, there's a lot of droids. Um, I like how Pad. By the way, I like how Padme is like right in the midst of this battle. No, no force powers, no lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Doing her thing. She's holding her own. And I think that they brought so many with them because imagine like you're Count Dooku. It's like, okay. And then you see 200 lightsabers go around. You'd be like, all right, we give up. And they're troopers. They actually went mm-hmm. for it. They're like, yeah, I think we can win this. Yeah. 100%. Um, Battle of Geonosis is just like that might be one of the biggest battles we see in mm-hmm. Star Wars. Land battles, if yeah. not, Next if to, not uh, the biggest. Battle of Hoth. Yeah, yeah. It might be bigger than Battle um, of Hoth. It's actually bigger than Battle of Hoth because this is because once the clones arrive, it becomes like this giant, big all-out war. Because mm-hmm. it encompasses a great distance, whereas the Battle of Hoth, that's more of kind of like an escape. It's almost like the. The Battle of Umbara. The Umbara arc. Clone Wars. Uh, Prong Krill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Krill. Fuck that guy, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so, I like that um, they... Dooku's just like, all right, well, I'm out of here. Peace out, guys. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's get back like, to... Uh, he, I don't know you're not getting away from me that easy, uh, Dooku. So Anakin and Padme and Obi-Wan chase him. And I love how upset Anakin gets when Padme falls. Yeah. And I think at this <laughs> point, Obi- Obi-Wan knows something's going on. He's like, 
He's like, dude. She would do her duty. That's right, that's what he said. Yeah, so. he's, yeah he's, like, he's like, you're going to get expelled, bro. Like, honestly, dude. We got this guy right here, and you got a girl who just fell in some sand. I know you hate sand, yeah. but it's not that bad. She survives. We'll come back <laughs> Yeah. I know you think um, sand is rough, of course, and it gets everywhere, but this sand is a little bit soft and cushiony. Yeah, yeah. This is a different sand, bro. This is a different kind of sand. Come on. Yeah, yeah. This, this is, is more like this, like this is Geonosia sand. Yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on. Um, <laughs> I will say um, another point I, I want to say before we get to the Dooku battle is there's some really really cool camera shots going on, and they're CGI camera shots because mm-hmm. I, a lot of this stuff is a straight CGI, but it looks really really cool. Like oh, like yeah. for instance, for instance, there's those big like sphere things. Um, I don't know what they are. They're like stations or whatever. And they shoot one down. Yoda says, focus all your fire on that station, one of them, so we can get one of them battle down. Battle station, least. yeah. Yeah, and so then one of the battle stations finally falls down, and then you get the sand, like a huge wave of sand. And, yeah, and um, wave. yeah, it's really cool. Like, the camp, you get his, like sand and the clones. You get, all you see is like blaster bullets and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's like, it almost looks like hot, like fan made stuff. Like, it's really, really cool stuff. That I'm, I'm really kind of cool. That's a mention where you see like the the Republic uh, cruisers drop down and then the troopers get out and you see a Jedi twirl his blade and just run and all yeah. the clones run right behind him. Even, Hell yeah. I did think the shot with Mace running and then he swings his blade or twirls his blade and then he turns around and looks at the clones and then he turns back and walk, runs. Looks uh-huh. so awkward. That does look great. Well, yeah, because that's obviously his green screen. And they're like, hey, yeah. um, Samuel, look to your left and right and then run straight. That's what, what that's what happened. In that There's scene. nothing there. Uh, yeah. to, to pretend like you're looking at something. Oh, okay. All right. No, no, that one looks green screen, but I'm talking about some of the other shots. Like there's some really cool like experimental camera stuff going on. Zoom oh, in no, I here. Agree. I agree. There's, so there's some cool stuff. Um there's so much stuff in the Battle of Genos is like that um uh freaking vehicle for the separatists. Uh-huh. Two huge wheels. You don't know talk oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah. That you see that a lot in the original Battlefront too. Yeah, and, and all this stuff originated from this movie. I mean, this, mm-hmm. is, this, is, this is the first battle of the Clone Wars. Pr- pretty pivotal moment. You mm-hmm. know? So, pretty cool stuff yeah. in the Battle of Geonosis. And we also have to mention, Battle of Geonosis is where a budding friendship grows and becomes two, two, uh, two specific droids become BFFs at this point. Hmm. Now, who's that? 3PO and R2. Oh right! Forgot about all that. Because we start we start getting that uh familiar R two and three PO moments. Yeah, good yelling at him. Good humor too. R two saves his ass, man. He he takes his head, puts it back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. quite beside myself. Yeah, this is such a drag. He says while he's getting dragged <laughs> to the sand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's good stuff. Uh, cheesy funny, yes. Yeah. I did also like uh, when before even Dooku escapes, he he goes to was it a Geonosian uh, leader and he he grabs the Death Star plans. He's like, "This will be safer with my master." Dude, I, I thought that was cool. That's always overlooked. Like, people always forget that the Death Star is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like this is the whole the lead up to the Empire, and these are yeah. like the Easter eggs. So it's like, okay, this is what the Separatists are discussing. There's there's you got the was it the Droid Federation? You got the Banking Clan. You yeah. got Dooku and the Separatists. 
they're planning something, and we got to see what it is. It's the Death Star. They're planning the Empire. Dude, I, and it's always overlooked. People always forget that that happened in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to be honest, it is a quick little thing because the, uh, you know, the director and producers, they don't want that to be a huge uh, you know, story beat, but it's kind of like an Easter egg, like you said. It's an Easter egg. Yeah. But it's cool. It's very, very cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's, I, that's why I like a lot. That's why I'm glad they did the prequels because they're able to do a lot of this foreshadowing and for people that are like seeing the original trilogy and jump into this. A lot of the, when it was first put out, I was like, oh my gosh, that was so cool. Oh, yeah. And I think it works both ways because I would recommend watching the original trilogy first because you mm-hmm. get a lot of the fun. You know, Lucas is playing with the knowledge that we already have. But mm-hmm. you could watch it one through six and it would make more. I mean, it would make sense chronologically. It's like maybe it wouldn't yeah. be as cool, but it definitely like, you know, they put all that stuff in there. So, yeah. Um, and then and then we get to the finale, the finale lightsaber duel. Yes. And I just got to say, this is something that up to this point, like you got to see Darth Maul with a double sided, double bladed lightsaber. And this one, this is one thing that I was super excited to see. Because I saw the action figure before the movie came out, and so this, so the action figure kind of spoiled it. But at that point, I didn't, back then, like we didn't really care about spoilers. Like when you got the action figure before the movie started, like you just started getting like excited. Oh man, Anakin's got two lightsabers, a green and a white, a blue one. Mm. I can't wait to see how this happens. Or you like see certain characters, like oh who's this character? Can't wait to see him on screen. Nowadays right. people are like, I don't want to see anything from it. I see an action figure. Oh, great! Thanks for the response. Like people get so butthurt over it. It's funny. Yeah. But I remember spoilers used to be like exciting things. I real real quick, we could spend like thirty seconds on this. But um, Kenobi, By the way, it's it's already May first. Kenobi's gonna come before we know it. It's it's in it's mm-hmm. gonna be here in no time. Do you think we're gonna get another trailer before it comes out? I think so. Because because the the other one was kind of um, it, it was titled as, a, was a, as teaser. a teaser. Yeah, right. It's a mm-hmm. teaser. So I think we'll probably get, like, one trailer, right? One trailer, we might start getting TV spots for it. But yeah, I think they're trying awesome. to figure out what they want to show because they don't want to spoil too much. Yeah, yeah. They, but it's they only six episodes. They, they, and we got, you know, two episodes on the first day. So we're, mm-hmm. we, got, we, we only got four weeks of the series. And it's going to be like a movie, bro. It's going to be a movie on the first day because it's going to be over two hours. So Yeah. Or about it's going to be hours. a celebration at that point. Yeah, dude, it's gonna be it's gonna be freaking sick. It's gonna be really cool. Yeah. So a lot of you guys that follow us on Instagram, be sure for celebration. I believe it's the twenty sixth through the 29th. Um, pay attention to our story. I'll be doing a lot of doing a lot of coverage there. Back to the final battle. Final battle. A lot of cool, a lot of, a lot of cool things in this. Like Dooku's sword fighting style, lightsaber style is pretty epic. He's such yes. a gentleman when it fights. Yeah, a, that's a good way to describe it. Gentleman. That's funny. Like, he has no trouble against both Obi-Wan and Anakin at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just like super fluid moments. Even when Anakin going crazy with two lightsabers, he's like, oh, all right. Already going to cut your arm off. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, dude. This is probably Prime Dooku, right? Got to be Prime Dooku. Yeah, because he even faces off against a little green creature, which I remember being super excited to see. Yeah. This is the first time we get it. Because a lot of people just are familiar with Yoda and Dagobah, little creature, no lightsaber, training Luke, blah, blah. And this is the first time we actually get to see 
Yoda pull out a lightsaber and actually fight. Yeah, and, and I, I like big the way moment. they. I was gonna say I like the way they shoot it. They make it a big moment. It's like they do this cool music, and then Yoda, you know, he force pulls the lightsaber out of his out of his belt, which is really cool. And just hovers right to his hand. Yeah. Yeah, and they shoot and it really. He cool. doesn't even need that stupid stick. <laughs> I know. I know it's so funny. <laughs> He's he, walking he, in like huddling on the cane and. Just, Oh, by the way, I don't need this lightsaber time. Yeah, that's. I always wondered about that. He must channel the force really strongly because he's nine hundred. So uh, eight hundred at that point. Oh, no, uh, no, you're right. He's like eight hundred and eighty at that point. Yeah, super, super, super old. So um, I think he's like he... uh, Darth Vader because Darth Vader uses the force a lot to be able to like move the suit because it's so heavy. Mm. And so I think it's yeah. the same with Yoda. Yoda uses the force to kind of like. Does it does it for like a for burst? Combat. Because yeah, yeah, for combat. Because he need, he needs that cane regularly, but mm-hmm. he he could use it for a certain amount of time to to kick some ass if he needs to. It's that adrenaline. Yeah, yeah, that too. He's like, I'm the little green man. I'm here to here to take you down, boy. Facing off against a Sith. This is the first Sith we see that doesn't have yellow eyes. This is true, and I think it's because he's still. Because I don't think Kantuku is necessarily evil. I think he joins the Sith for the ideals and hasn't like fully given in to the hatred. I don't think it's hatred that fills him. Because hmm. what was it? Like uh, Kaiduman has said, he's not a murderer. He's a political blah, blah, blah. Hmm. You know and what's so, funny? That's my reasoning for it, at least. I, I just had something click in my mind just right when we're having this conversation. Um. Um... If there's a fallen Jedi that becomes a Sith, you see them go between yellow and regular because Darth Maul is a pure Sith, yellow all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Sid- Sidious is a Sith. He's always yellow. Kylo, Anakin, and Dooku, they're all fallen Jedi, and they all don't have yellow. They sometimes have yellow. Actually, I don't know. Well, you know what? We can forget about Kylo because he's from the sequels. <laughs> but I don't know if I ever saw Kylo with yellow eyes. I don't think I ever saw him with yellow eyes. I wouldn't really consider him Sith, though, but he was a very angry guy, so I'm actually surprised yeah. on that one. But, you know, you know, I mean, the sequels, they kind of, like, ignored... I'm, they kind of ignored a lot, lot of, of like, <laughs> things that are supposed to make sense, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, so whatever. I'm going to forget about Kylo, but Anakin and, and, and Dooku, because Anakin doesn't have yellow eyes the full fight with Obi-Wan. Sometimes, mm-hmm. but not the full fight. So yeah. maybe, it's like, maybe it's like a fallen Jedi type thing. Could be. I'll have to look into that. Another trivia yeah. thing I'll... Uh, I'll figure out. Yeah. And then Dooku escapes. He plays a little nice mm. little trick on Yoda because he knows you can't best him in swords and he knows you can't best him in the force. So he's yes. like, all right. I'm going to I'm gonna play cheap so I can get out of here because I know I'm not going to win this. Now, I wonder who would have won if, let's say, Yoda. Dooku, you think so? Oh, absolutely. Because Dooku was, was doing very good, though. He was doing very good, but Yoda was wearing him down. Right. Yeah. You know what? By the way, Obi-Wan has a very good track record in uh, dueling. But Yeah, he loses like almost every one. I was going to say, Dooku always kicks... <laughs> wait, wait. Obi-Wan? Yeah. No, dude, he beats I... Maul. He beats Anakin. He beats Grievous. Um, I was just, but when he goes against Dooku, he gets his ass kicked. I don't know why. Sure. Du- du- Dooku has that dude's number somehow. But... Mm-hmm. For some reason, whenever Obi Wan goes up against Dooku, he he ain't a match for him. He ain't a match for him. 
even Revenge yeah. of the Sith, where Obi Wan's at his prime, he picks up Obi Wan like he's a like he's a stick, throws him against the wall. True, very true. Um, <laughs> freaking force assumption on top of him. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know why the dude the dude just he, he can't duel against Count Dooku. He's afraid of him. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Because you know Anakin's a better swordsman than Obi Wan. Maybe because he respects him so much, he thinks, "Yo, this is my master's master," kind of thing. This yeah, Qui Gon's master. So he's like, uh, maybe he's like, I, I can't, I can't match up with him. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. No, I feel it. I feel it. Kind of Makes a cool sense. thing to think about. Yeah. I have to look at that. We'll discuss that more when you get to run into the Sith for that final battle. Yeah. Yeah, that's Anakin's prime for sure. Anakin's power, super powerful in Revenge of the Sith. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll save we'll save a lot of that discussion for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Anakin gets his ass whooped in this mm-hmm. battle. Um, because just to be because Count Dooku is on the level of Yoda. Count Dooku is on the level of Yoda in this in this mm-hmm. in this movie. Maybe not quite as good, but he's that powerful. Where he's like, because well, Count Dooku Mace was a swordsman. Yeah, yeah. And Yoda had eight hundred years to practice. Oh yeah, I mean Yoda's just Yoda's always gonna be a boss, and oh, neither. Oh, so go ahead. Even in Revenge of the Sith, when we get to the discussion between him and uh, Sidious, I'll, I'll have more to say on that too. Mm-hmm. But, but neither uh, Obi Wan or Anakin are in the prime in this movie, so. Mm-mm. Yeah, and Dooku gets to escape, and we get to see him meet up with Palpatine, which or Sidious. So that was kind of a cool shot. I thought that was a cool shot. Yeah, that is cool. It's like a little sit behind the scenes stuff going on. Because mm-hmm. you don't really get to see it yeah. from that side. I mean, we saw him in Phantom Menace, but they're kind of more on a balcony walking. And you see like Coruscant in the background. This one was kind yeah. of like inside his chambers, inside like his docking bay or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. now everything starts to force forward after that. We get Anakin and Padme's marriage. So we see that they kind of just rush into it. They kind of like realize, okay, let's keep this secret. We can. We can make this work. Mm-hmm. And then probably to one of my favorite shots is Yoda overlooking the balcony. I think Mace Windu's there with him. And with uh, one of the common villains. And you see the clones just marching into the ships. Oh, yeah. The yeah. clone wars begin. Really cool. I, um, <laughs> I don't want to complain too much about this movie, but I feel like those ships, their Star Destroyers, um, mm-hmm. those, those always look so fake to me in that scene. I don't know why. They're just like really like blatant CGI. Because they are. Yeah, because they are. And this is like the start of CGI, really. Even the clones. 2000, 2000. Like uh, my uh, Echo Echo 5, I think he is. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he actually is not a big fan of the clones. And he'll, he'll, we always have this discussion. Like One of his big complaints is that because the clones are all CGI, they look super squishy. Yeah, I mean it's true. It's true. Like a big mm. thing that they they do in Revenge of the Sith is add weathering, scratches and dirt on yeah. their armor, which really makes it more realistic. This one um, they're just too pristine. Yeah. Also, keep in mind it's kind of crazy because Revenge of the Sith, the CGI shots, they weren't all created in two thousand five. Two thousand five is when the right. movie came out. It was created like two thousand four, right. two thousand three. I don't know how they freaking did it. There was such a huge jump in quality from Attack and Phantom Menace. To Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith just looks like a different... It looks like it's from 2010. I don't know how they did it. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. But Yeah, I don't know. Um, ships, clones, um, uh, General Grievous, Yoda. It, it all looks so much better. I don't know how they do it, man. 
But yeah, a, a lot of the CGI and attack is uh, definitely looks dated for sure. It, it really does. Oh. But and overall, I actually really like Attack of the Clones. Like just kind of just reviewing it, just being like discussing things out. It's fun. I, I I think I I put it a little higher than than I did last time. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot of cool things, especially let's, let's... with like a lot of the the technical stuff. Not like as far as like story wise, but like a lot of the development. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let Let's say if we if we have to put it out of ten, and we can't do a point five or point two, or anything, we have to give it a solid number. What What would you give it? A seven. Exactly the same for me. I give it a seven as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this was a fair rating. I agree. Um, like it's kind of average. It's not really good. It's not. It's definitely not bad, but it's just kind of yeah. average. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna seven. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Well, I can't wait till we discuss Revenge of the Sith because I know you're going to have a lot to say on that. <laughs> oh, well, th- well, that's a 10 out of 10. You want to talk about a 10 out of 10 movie, there's going to be a lot to say. Uh, we'll, we'll see if my, my ranking changes after we discuss it. <laughs> so, Dude, let's hold, oh, I'll hold so off good. on mine. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But I, I, even before we get into that, I'll tell you guys right now, Revenge of the Sith is a 10 out of 10. Um, Phantom Menace, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Really, it's more like an 8.5, but if we're not doing points, then I'll give it an 8. 8. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's Attack well, of the Clones. It is. Yeah. You know what's crazy? I was I was about to say um, Attack of the Clones. Just kidding, by the way, because I don't think it is. But I was going to say it's one of the best modern Star Wars movies. But I don't think it's considered a modern movie anymore. No, because that's 20 years ago. 20 years 20. ago. Like, like in, in the year 2000, they want to talk about 1980 as, as being modern. And that was yeah. 20 years before that. So it's like, there's no way we could call it a modern movie. Oh my goodness, you're right. This is so crazy. It's crazy, huh? It's crazy to think that, man. How time years, bro. Seriously, it really does. It really does. Oh, man. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Like, and then we're, we're getting all this crazy new stuff like uh, Kenobi, Mandalorian, Book of Boba. New movies and celebrations starting in a month, so we're gonna get more announcements. Yeah. Well, so just gonna... th- I was just gonna say that this year is gonna be like the most consistent Star Wars content we've gotten, like ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd have <laughs> like to you... say yeah, because Andor also comes out in the Bad Batch season two. Oh yeah, I mean usually usually and you have Mandalorian to wait like twenty season three. Yeah, usually you gotta wait like twenty years for for Star Wars projects, you know. Mm-hmm. But... But um, but the thing it that I was just gonna say the thing is Kenobi, bro. It's got a lot of pressure because I think it will kind of decide if like we're in a good era because Mandalorian is all is obviously good, but both yeah. was kind of shaky, you know. Mando had to save it. Yeah, so I'm just hoping Kenobi kind of brings it back to that level so that we could be like, oh yeah, 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 we're still on track because both that kind of dipped a little bit, you know. A little bit, but. I don't know. Uh, Kenobi's gonna have lightsabers, Darth Vader. Oh, dude, it has all. Okay, I did hear a rumor, and I really hope it's just a rumor. I heard a rumor that I can't remember her name. She's the Black Inquisitor. I heard she's gonna oh, be yeah. the the main character in the show. I was, I kind of assumed that to be general. You what? 
I wouldn't say main character, but main villain. Okay. All right. I mean, the it better not be. They better not pull a, a book of Boba where they're like, oh yeah, Kenobi. There's only like two of them. Yeah, I mean, the show is called Kenobi, so I mean, she better not be the main character. Main villain, honestly, still, I feel like the main villain should be more the Grand Inquisitor. But um, uh, I don't you know, think so, only because he's more more of a villain in Rebels, and I feel like he doesn't need to come out and do anything. So I think it's going to be this chick and the fifth brother, and then Vader's. Okay. Then they figure out it's Kenobi, and that's when Vader's like, oh, I'll handle this. Yeah, maybe she's the one that's dispatched to, like, Tatooine or something, so she becomes the main um, villain, because, you know, they yeah. follow her story. Something like that. Like she, like, she doesn't even know it's Kenobi. And she's not in Rebels, right? No. The fifth brother is, and Darth Vader is, and the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, maybe she's she dies. Know. Maybe she dies in this uh, series. I hope then. so. Because we don't know all of the all the Inquisitors. There's still a few that we haven't seen, and I assume that they're either killed off or or yet to be introduced in other projects. So I told you I start I started Rebels, right? No, you didn't. Yeah, dude. And um, the, okay, the crazy thing is, I can already tell the first season of Rebels. It does I don't know. Maybe this is unpopular opinion, but is better than the first season of Clone Wars. The first season of Clone Wars is so bad, in my opinion. But um, bro, I told I, you. You know what I like about um, Rebels? They did make it seem like it's super, super rare for there to be Jedi. So, like, maybe yeah. that, like, um, I can't remember the main character's name. What's the name? Ezra. Tina. Yeah. Ezra, Ezra and his master, like, they might be pretty much the only Jedi left. Or who knows? Yeah. You know? So, that's good. That's good news. I'm actually really glad you watched Clone Wars before Rebels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because... So there's gonna be some stuff that's gonna go down. That's gonna be from Clone Wars that you're gonna hype, that's gonna hype you up. Yeah, the thing that pisses me off is that I've seen a lot of the big highlights from Rebels, like on YouTube, where people tell me about it, and talk to me about it. So, oh, like what are the what are the big highlights that you already know? Uh, well, I know that Ahsoka and Vader duel. Oh, okay. I, I know that you know Obi Wan, you know, kills Maul in like two seconds. I know like the big, huge highlights of the show, pretty much. But well, I mean, that's what happens when you wait what five. Five years. Wait, what was that? I said that's what happens when you wait like five years to watch a, a animated show. That. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's dude, been done. by the way, I I quit Rebels. By the way, so I mean I started it, and it's not that I didn't like it, but because I binge Clone Wars pretty fast, and so like I'm just so I'm kind of just out. um I'm burnt out from animated Star Wars. Definitely not Star Wars, but animated Star Wars. I'm burnt out. It's just like constant blaster fire, just like action, action, action. You know, you know oh, what I'm saying? I, I, like, I can, I can understand. Like, and, so, like the, I, I like the animated stuff, but sometimes it's a little much. You know, it's something that you watch like a few episodes here and there. Yeah, yeah. Like with Rebels, like a lot of there's, they go really deep into lore, like especially what they do with Ezra. I really like yeah. what they do with Ezra's character, mm. but uh, what's he gonna say? Oh yeah, uh, but it's just really hard to watch it animated just because it's animated. Well, yeah, and and I think the target uh, for those shows, the target audience, is a lot younger, and so in every episode, well, 
Rubbles is targeted towards a younger group, but it's still pretty dark. Yeah, no, no. It's darker than Clone Wars. Same. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Because Clone Clone Wars is pretty dark, but I would say even with Clone Wars and Rebels, both of them, like, even if it's not warranted, they have to shove, like, an action, uh, some action in the show because it's for, like, honestly, I think these shows are for kids mostly. And so it's like, they need some action. You know, it can't just be all talking all the time. But some episodes, I feel like there should be talking. You know, I'm just gonna tell you this now. Okay. That's just today's gen. It's talking about today's generation. Yeah, yeah. People, people can't sit down and enjoy a story. Yeah. They have to have like explosions here, explosions there. They can't enjoy an actual like developed story. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look at when The Force Awakens came out, and it ended with not knowing who Snoke was. Yeah. Everybody was freaking out. They're like, who's stuck? We need to know a story now. Why did they develop a story here? Blah, blah, blah. Even though they know it's a trilogy. And yeah. people just can't sit still. They need constant explosions in their face to be able to say, oh, yeah, that's a good movie. Mm. If there's no, like, explosions or any action, then people are like, oh, that movie sucked. Yeah, yeah. And that's not just younger audience. That's just people in general today. People are just impatient and just want to get straight to the the, the action. Yeah, and you know there's two years between each uh, sequel, where every other Star Wars trilogy, they had three years. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I, I think that, that year that was lost, because you, like, I think this goes to your point, too. People want stuff, like, faster, like, in the age of, like, Netflix binging and everything. Uh-huh. But, man, they could have benefited from an extra year for the sequels, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Because that's well, what they did with uh, Lord of the Rings. Instead of just waiting, they just filmed all three at once. Just oh, wrote this one giant story filmed right. all three movies at once and then released every movie a year apart yeah but 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 there was more strategy to that right because they, they filmed it no, all at the same time more strategy like all the scripts were written way before they even started yeah and and they filmed everything at the same time so i think they did i watched like an interview i've never seen the movies i know it's crazy i've never seen lord of the You've rings never seen lord of the rings dude <laughs> never seen lord of the Bro. rings but i i saw elijah wood talk about it. he said they did like a freaking 32 month span of shooting which you know, in film, that's a long time to be shooting shit. So they filmed them yeah. all at the same time. Let alone that just being a the first of its kind. Nobody's seen Lord of the Rings. People love the books, and there's yeah. a huge following on it. But for yeah. there to be a movie, and just to film all th- like an entire trilogy, hoping that it's gonna kick off is huge risk. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. That's true, huh? And then the Hobbit sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never I seen those. I, I've never seen anything Lord of the Rings. I've never seen Game of Thrones, and it, I think it just comes down to like dragons and and swords and and potions and like medieval stuff. Just has never interested thing. me. Yeah, it just never interested me. It's just funny because that's kind of what Star Wars is, just in space. Uh, eh, not not really. There's so much influence in Star, like Western and. I mean, there's oh, Japanese. Yeah. It, it, it's like a mixing pot of You're all right. kinds of different influences. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, well, I was thinking like the whole knight and lightsaber being swords type thing. Well, that's true. But also like sci-fi. Like sci-fi interests Like I love Terminator. Yeah. I love uh, Back to the Future. I guess that could be considered. Yeah, that's sci-fi. Oh, I love. Oh, I, I just love. I, I love sci-fi. But I just don't necessarily love like. Um, I don't know what. Well, I guess that would be called fantasy but star wars is a fantasy but that's the thing about star wars it's like it's literally a mixing pot of so many things that's why it's so popular i think well it's a sci-fi fantasy yeah yeah yeah. no exactly it's not just fantasy by itself it's got other things like mixed into it 
Yeah, um, I think it's okay. So you know Irvin Kirshner, the director of uh, yeah, Empire Strikes Empire. Back. He he. I was watching the behind the scenes of Empire. By the way, you should watch that, bro. The, the things I had to do to shoot uh, the hot stuff. Okay. Is, is crazy. I mean, they they were actually shooting in a blizzard. They had to bring like heaters to like get the shit off the camera. It's crazy, like what they did. But anyway, he was saying that he was advocating Star Wars is not sci-fi at all. It's just complete fantasy because I'm, I never really thought about this, but he said when, when we go to different planets in Star Wars, nobody has a helmet. We, we don't, we're not worried about if they can breathe on this planet, if they're floating in sure. the planet, like stuff like that. It's just fantasy. Because there's no science to it. No, yeah, there's no science. It, it's literally just like fantasy type, type stuff. But. Yeah, it's a, it's a space fantasy. Yeah. But Get it. It's cool. I also wanted to say that in um, – in Empire Strikes Back, the only the only location that they shot um, in the real world was Hoth. Everything else was a set, like creative oh, really? studio. Yep. Uh, I guess that makes sense because a, a lot of it was like inside ships and stuff like that. Well, Even yeah, but the, yeah, I was gonna say the only thing that yeah, exactly the only thing that surprised me was Dagobah. That's the set. That's a huge set they built. Um, yeah, just in a studio. Most impressive. Most impressive. I love it, dude. I love it. When people like comment that shit in the in on like social media, it's so funny. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. I'm like, God, shut up, dude. I try. I try to use quotes whenever I can. I do it all the time at work, and people just look at me like they don't even know. They don't even know I'm quoting. Yeah, it's funny though, because when I read it online, it's like I read it in the voice of the of the movie too. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. Absolutely, dude. It's pretty crazy. All right, guys, so be sure and like and comment. It really helps uh, people find us better. So when there's more activity, it hits the homepage, hits a lot of, lot of other people a lot quicker. So it will help get us out there more. So we really appreciate you guys' support. Um, also, be sure to check out the links in the description. Uh, we have our Discord where you can chat with other friends. We get a lot more activity there, so which is great. Every Sunday night, we're going to start hosting movie. We're going to start hosting watch parties, actually. So I know... Earlier tonight, we did Phantom Menace. So next week, we're going to be doing a Attack of the Clones. Um, so join our Discord. Join in. We'd love to talk with you. And we'd love to have you part of our community. It's a really friendly place there. Um, also, follow us on Instagram if you don't already. Uh, we'll continue to post updates and news there. You'll also be able to see a lot of our cool adventures that we're going to be doing this coming year. Um, and also... If you're looking for some new shirts, click our Teespring link. Uh, there's some shirts I've designed that I think you guys will really like. Um, so share with your friends, buy some, and enjoy. Um, so thanks for watching, guys. Or Well, not really watching, but thanks for listening, guys. And we'll catch you next time. Echo 2 out. Echo 3 out. May the Force be with you. Always.